is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. And drinking a saucy beer. I'm Derek Smith. Oh, yeah. Getting saucy tonight. So, uh, ho, ho, this. Ho. It's a Christmas sale. We did one of these a few weeks ago and we thought it was so much fun. We're going to do it again. Uh, an episode where we just kind of take off from doing the news of the day and talking about the storylines from each week. And it's the off season, holidays are upon us. So we thought, let's just chill back, grab a couple beers, grab some buddies, and uh, let's talk about something in NASCAR that we all like or racing that we all like. And that is to argue about the broadcasters who broadcast these races. So. Uh, this week, it is going to be myself and Derek, but we're adding in a couple of guests. The first one you've heard from before, his name is Ori Roberts, and he is uh, Fantasy NASCAR League Commissioner, racing fan extraordinaire, haver of much hair, most of it graying. What's up, Ori? How the are you, buddy? Foremost, foremost uh, Dick Trickle fan yes. this side of the Mississippi. Yes, there. one of the largest Dick Trickle fans in the world. Ori, what's up, man? I think all that is fair. I'm glad to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. And, and yeah, definitely, I, I feel like I need to shave my head to fit it onto this podcast. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on keeping on over here. So I'm re- ready to talk about this. There you go. And uh, our new guest that we're bringing in is another listener of the program and longtime racing fan himself, buddy of ours, Justin May. Justin, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, I uh, like to... Add in a little baldness to the group, so get a little. It's three to one, or yeah, yeah three to one. Hair, no yeah. hair versus hair. So here we go, and yeah, and I'm also a part of the Dick Trickle group, so I am the polar opposite of JD this year. He uh, cruised the championship, and I finished dead last. That's right. Um, so I'm hoping to uh, take some of that luck um, from next year because I believe you finished uh, last the previous year. I right? did uh, two years prior. I had the stupid helmet, which is what we give out yeah. to the last place team. Uh, and this year, the stupid helmet became a Kyle Larson helmet because hey, Fitting. it's 2020. It worked out, and we had a we had a Kyle Larson helmet hanging around. So there you go. Enjoy that, yeah. Justin, and uh, hopefully next year, better yeah. luck for you as well. Uh, it's in the basement. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely right. Okay, so what we thought we would do today is talk about uh, the the people who bring you the races, the people who you know call these races. They are the people you always hear talking before the race, during and after. And if you're ever on social media during any NASCAR race or IndyCar race or any race, you will see people reacting to the announcers. And it's one of our favorite things to uh, discuss. So figured why not have that discussion right here, right now. So that's what we're going to do. We thought we would go through a couple different factors here. We'd go through top five racing announcers of all time. We'll give you each of our top fives. And we can debate those, we can argue about them, or we can just, you know, all agree. Maybe we'll just all have the same top five. I kind of doubt it, but maybe. Um, we'll do best pit road reporter. And I think, I don't know what you guys think. I think your best pit road reporter person could also be one of your top five announcers. Because I do think the pit road reporters count as announcers. Like, you know, the the play-by-play guy, the color guys, the studio people. Like any of those people you want to throw in there, I think could all be in your top five announcers of all time. Um, and then after that, we'll talk about the worst announcers as we see them and the most rated under underrated announcers that are in the world of motorsports. And finally, the best broadcast team in racing history. We will all weigh in on that. So you guys ready to go? Yep. All right. Perfect. Let's do it. 
Um, I'm going to actually let you guys as our, well, Derek, I'll let you go first and then we'll have the, the guests weigh in and I'll weigh in last. Let's talk about your top five racing announcers of all time. And Derek, I think we'll uh, start off with you. Go ahead and give yeah. us your top five. Do we want to go five to one or? I was, I mean, would it be good to do like, here's my fifth place. Okay. Yeah. We'll go around. I like it. that. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. All right. Everybody it. give their fifth place and then so on. We'll go up there. All right. So my list is going to be a little perhaps diverse let's let's say that uh coming at number five you have to go back in the archives but old david hobbs used oh, to be a david the, hobbs uh, really david good hobbs one. yeah yeah and uh obviously he's he's been most recently known for his f1 broadcasting with steve matchett and lee diffie mm-hmm. um but that obviously went away a couple years ago when espn took over f1 rights but yeah i've always loved watching the old highlight reels with david hobbs and ken swire uh, those are always fun for me. So, yeah. Do so. What familiarity do you guys have with David Hobbs? Because I had forgotten about that till you mentioned him. The British guy doing NASCAR races back in the day, yeah, is something yeah. that it feels like now. Up, up. Well, Lee Diffie's not British. He's from Australia, if I'm not mistaken, right? But yep, yep. Up is. until him, that seemed like something you'd never hear on any of these, you know, channels yeah. because they all want to have someone who sounds like. A NASCAR driver, and most NASCAR drivers, you know, sound, sound a like little Rick bit Allen. like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just like well, now they do, yeah. But uh, all like, the old guys tend to sound like they are, you know, from the south. So, yeah. yeah what did, do you guys remember David Hobbs doing NASCAR races at all? Does that ring a bell? I remember him. So I started really getting a NASCAR mid '90s, and he was a pit road reporter at that time for CBS, uh, I believe. And I always thought it was kind of weird a little bit to have this like English guy in here um, talking about NASCAR. Like, what does he know? You know, he's an F1 driver, but the older that I got, the more I appreciated him and started watching him on formula one. And then I go back and watch some of the old races um, from like the early nineties, late eighties, where he was actually a color commentator in the booth. And he added a lot of, a lot of unique sayings and a lot of humor to the broad, broad, broadcast yeah yeah no he was he's very good i like david hobbs um <clears throat> well justin since we're yeah. talking about it why don't you go ahead with your top or already did you have something on just on david hobbs I, I was just gonna say the same thing on hobbs uh you know start of my nascar career i i remember him being the pit road reporter and definitely you know thought he he sounded funny compared to the rest of uh, you know the nascar world and uh but, uh, you know, as I uh, got older and got more familiar with, you know, um, the, the rest of the, the gang as far as who was bringing uh, the broadcast, I definitely appreciated him a little bit more. It's funny because I'm kind of mad that David Hobbs is as low as five on your list, Derek, but I'm also mad at myself because I didn't put him didn't on. Didn't even list. have him like, on. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I feel like both of those things are kind of happening right now, and I'm a bit confused. Uh, Justin, go ahead. Who's your uh, who's your fifth place guy, Justin? So I did have David Hobbs on my list, so I'm going to try to mix it up. And so I have quite a few people that I could substitute. So I'm going to pull him out since we already talked about him. And then put, let's see who we got. I'm going to go very old school Formula One and go with Murray Walker. Ooh, I don't know Murray Walker at all. Can you uh, help us out with Murray Walker a little bit? He is was, uh, I think, the Formula One lap by lap or play by play commentator 
in the early to mid nineties. So if you go out to YouTube and kind of, you can find some of those races and listen to his, uh, he was almost a play by play slash color commentary. He was very, um, unique, um, very thick English accent, or he might've been Australian. I'm not sure about that, but a very thick accent. And he would have, um, Murrayisms. That's what they deemed him, where he would just have like certain words that he just made up out of thin air. Nice. And uh, he was very entertaining to listen to. Uh, they brought him back a couple times. He's like almost 90 now, but he still has a, he has a ton of energy. He's a, very excitable. On All right, man, the man from Birmingham. Well, I the actually man from Birmingham, not I, Alabama. I pulled him UK. up. This uh, this one I have not listened to this audio. I just pulled it up cold as you were talking. Murray Walker on frantic first lap at the Austrian GP from 1998. All right, let's give this a listen and hear what he sounds like. There you go. That's uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think Justin, that's that's what you expect when you listen to a Formula One race is just a guy very British and very high pitched, just yelling things. I think that that fits, especially the first lap. So I know that yeah. didn't have any of his Murrayisms in there, but yeah, is that representative of what you were thinking? Yeah, he's just. I think he does a good job, especially in those races and you know in the nineties where Schumacher was just running away with things to. You have to have a lot of energy and excitement to keep it entertaining. Sometimes, uh-huh. cause sometimes the action on the track isn't as as uh, as crazy as sometimes in closer racing like NASCAR. Yeah, I agree. Ori, what do you got for your uh, your fifth place person? Well, for you know, you guys know me. I'm I'm NASCAR. You know, red, white, and blue. I I bleed it right. Um, but I am. Um, you know, both of my parents are Indiana Hoosiers. So the Indy 500 is is very dear to my heart. I love it. It is, you know, the the best day of the year is Memorial Day Sunday, in my opinion. So number five on my list, I went with Paul Page. Oh, because that, yeah. that is who introduced the Indy 500 to me as a young kid and, and following along with my dad and my grandpa. And, and uh, you know, watching the Indy 500 has, has become – you know, a, a rite of passage for me and to the Indiana part of my family. It is, it is one of the most important days of the year. So Paul page number five for me. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. have him on my list too. So does anybody else have Paul page on theirs? Well, I was just going to say Paul page to me, the, the thing that sticks out the most, and it wasn't even like his call was when Weldon won, when J.R. Hildebrand smacked the wall out of turn four and they're like, Oh, who's, who, who, who's passing? Who's, who's in the lead? And you just hear in the back, Weldon, Weldon. <laughs> oh, it's Dan Weldon. It was Paul yeah. Page saying Weldon on the the broadcast, right? And I believe Paul Page's son was on Weldon's crew. If, oh, if, if memory wow. serves me correct, so interesting. It was one of those things. Like he's obviously watching the race within a race because he's got a vested interest in that. But 
it was just cool. He wasn't even his call at that time. It was before Amy Carr brought him back. And you just see the excitement in his voice just sitting in the room. Yeah. That just shows a lot about Paul Page as a, as a person. He, he, he wasn't even working that day, but he had so much passion for the Indy 500 that he was still there in the booth and in the background <laughs> spotting who the, the leader was of the race who ended up winning it. Yeah. Paul Page to me is, is that's, I'm with you, Ori, that that's kind of the Indy 500 when you hear Paul Page. It's like he's done many other things in his broadcast career and he's called many other races. But yeah, I think Indy 500 when I hear his voice, absolutely right. Um, uh, my number five person on my list for best broadcasters of all time when it comes to racing is Eli Gold. Uh, do you guys Ooh. remember the old Ooh. Nashville Network TNN used to broadcast some races? Yeah, he is actually the college football voice of Alabama and has been a longtime broadcaster for them. But he is also uh, a guy who has called a lot of races, both on radio and television, and he did a lot with the TNN stuff. Uh, I want to say he called the Bristol Dirt Race, where they covered the track in dirt, which they're going to do again this upcoming season. But uh, that was the World of Outlaws that went there, the sprint yep. cars. And I'm pretty sure he called that, among many other races. But Eli yeah, Gold I, is uh, on my on my list. I feel bad. I'm not, I'm just going to say this. I didn't put any radio guys on my list, so that is my <laughs> fault. Oh, no, that's I, okay. It doesn't I matter. Have, uh, or he's like, you bastard. But yeah, I, uh, I totally forgot to <laughs> put him on there. No. How can you do that? That's that's just wrong, Derek. Well, that's I, not even I right, was thinking, man. I, well, first off, I thought I read it. I read the text wrong. I thought it said NASCAR announcers, and secondly, I thought it said NASCAR TV announcers. So that's why I went. Oh well, you zoned can, in right in on that. Feel so, free to edit yeah. that, but no, you, hey man, you started us off with David Hobbs. That was pretty good. Um, well, right. I might have to edit, but I, I, you know, I like my list. It's good. It's a okay. Good go list. to go to number four. Who do you got next? Number four on my list is Mr. Lee Diffie, the man from Australia who does it all. I think if he was broadcasting a a, a, a sausage race at a baseball seventh inning stretch or whatever, I'd tune in for that and he'd make it he'd make it edge of your seat drama about, you know, the 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 guy with the mustache knocks over the the girl in the skirt or whatever the the, the mascots are in Milwaukee. I'm not sure. I don't watch baseball, but um, but Lee Diffie makes everything interesting, and he has called a few NASCAR races, and to me, they've been some of the best races, and they're like Xfinity races where the guys checked out, and oh my goodness, it's just amazing. I can't even do the accent, but <laughs> he brings the energy that you just like. I mean, what got me into Formula One was Lee Diffie calling them off the grid, lights out, lights out, away we go at Bahrain, you know. Like, yeah, that's he just does like, a really boom, good job chills up the spine. So now I love him watching him on IndyCar. I love watching him on IMSA. Um, and the occasional spot duty NASCAR makes my heart sing. So he is number four on my list. Uh, Justin, who do you got? Um, I'm going to go old school with one, I think, the one of the best play-by-play, uh, lap-by-lap announcers out there and Bob Jenkins from ESPN. Mm-hmm. Bob Jenkins is really good. Ori is giving a, a thumbs up there. Ori, are you uh, a Bob Jenkins guy? I'm a I'm a big Bob fan. He's in. I have my honorable mentions off to the side here. Bob is one of the first ones in the honorable mentions. Uh, unfortunately, I I couldn't put him in the top five. I couldn't find room for him. So uh, I'm glad Justin did. Um, I know 
I respect Justin, but he did, you know, he is the owner of the stupid helmet in our fantasy league. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, how much can, how much does his opinion really matter? Um, yeah, I got to say, I'm not getting like offended by any of these picks so far. These are all really solid. Even the one I didn't know about of Justin's that he had initially. Oh, just like, wait till my third pick. It'll oh, boy. Funny. All right. <laughs> I will say, Bob Jenkins, if you go to Indianapolis, uh, he is one of the track announcers now, so you can – at least he was a year or two ago last time I was there. So um, if you want to hear him, you can go listen to him do the radio broadcast. Well, he still does that as far as I know. He he is the guy, if they break a track record, that he'll be the new Carnegie, right? Yeah, he'll yeah, he wasn't, oh, he, wasn't, he wasn't that guy. track yeah. record. Like, no, that's mm-hmm. him now. Yes, I know, if there right? there was to be a track record break, and he would be the one that announces it. Yeah, yeah, and that's – there's a great Bob Jenkins clip if you find on YouTube of him <clears throat> calling, I think it was a race at North Wilkesboro in the 90s where Ricky Rudd and uh, I think Earnhardt um, spin on the last lap and his voice goes up to about soprano. He goes up like two octaves in that turn. And he's so excited that he can barely get the words out um, of Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt spinning. And that's I think that's a classic uh, ESPN broadcast call. Um, yeah, I want to see if, uh, yeah, I've got, oh, I have it right here if you want to. Among, let's check it out. Dale Earnhardt, Ricky Rudd, Jeff Bonine, Terry Labonte, Mark Martin, and who else? <laughs> yeah, who else? Yeah, for those who don't remember, this is back when they were running uh, ESPN, used to do a lot of NASCAR races. So, yeah, you've got Earnhardt second, and uh, Ricky Rudd is fourth. First and second now. Spin in turn one. Bobby Hillen against the wall again. We'll see if the yellow comes out. Yeah, I don't believe he's going to get off of that wall. Let's see. No, they just leave. The- <laughs> There's a wreck and turn run, and they just let it go. <laughs> White flag will come out next time around. Here comes Ricky Rudd moving to the inside. This is the old school NASCAR. They don't care. There's a car on the wall. Let's see what happens on the final lap of the race. Here comes the field down for the white flag. One more to go. Rod is inside of Dale Earnhardt. As they go into turn number one and both of them spin. And Jeff Bodine takes the lead. Earnhardt spins along with Ricky Rudd. Here comes Jeff Bodine who comes down and win the Holly Farms 400. Bodine. Oh, man. There you go. That's uh, that was Bodine driving the Levi Garrett number five. If you remember that car, the yellow and white one. That's a good call by Bob Jenkins and a uh, good call by you, Justin, on that uh, on that audio. But yeah, Bob Jenkins. For those who didn't know, now you know. Yeah, he was he he definitely was very excitable there. Ori, who do you have next on your list? All right, coming in at number four on my list, he's a guy that is you know maybe a little bit better known for his his pit road coverage. I know he's covered some world outlaw stuff. Uh, Ralph Shaheen, number four for me. He is, he's great. You know, throwing it back to the RPM tonight days. That is where it was at. And he's number four for me. RPM to the number two. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was like the nineties. Ha ha. Is Love Ralph it. Derek is is Ralph Shaheen someone you've met because it feels like you've met all these guys you've run into them no at some point. but Dave Burns once told me not to suck when I did the uh, start your engines command wow see because okay. I, I I said hey Dave is this gonna be on it was for the IMSA race at Mid Ohio I'm like is this gonna be on NBC he's like well I don't know I could ask somebody I'm like all right because I'm gonna do a good job he's like all right 
I'll make sure they get you on there. Oh, hey, don't suck. <laughs> so. That's good. And and then you let him down and you definitely sucked. Oh, I totally sucked. <laughs> totally. Um, all right. My number four that I have is Chris Economaki. How, how much do you guys remember of Chris Economaki? Because that's a guy, oh. that's a Northeast accent question i always yeah. remember that what do you guys remember? i remember him a little bit he did like the cbs like intros kind mm-hmm. of before the daytona 500 yes he did he he was on the uh, announcing crew uh with uh ken squire ned jarrett and chris economac he usually were he was usually in the pits sometimes he wasn't but he was kind of more like i don't want to say he was like rutledge wood now with nbc because he he had a lot more of a racing pedigree i think maybe than rutledge wood did but as far as like they would send him off during the race and be like well chris actually you know i have a good example of this this is from (laughs) 1981 this is actually a abc wide world of sports with keith jackson the college football announcer and legendary announcer in his own right this is them at Eldora talking about sprint cars, and they're kind of giving you a little bit of insight into one of the cars. Let's uh, listen to that real quick. And when you get to the point of the day where they're going to spread the That's long green around, well, you look to your book, shake your sleeve, and see what will fall out. Well, Chris Economaki taking a look at Rich Vogler's car. The defending champion can show you one of those tricks. One of the tricks of the trade is being employed by defending champion Rich Vogler. One of the crewmen on his car is putting a disc on his right rear wheel. That's to keep the mud out from inside the wheel. It would set the wheel out of balance, setting up a vibration that could knock him out of the race. The track is being watered before the main event, and it's going to be muddy, certainly in the first few laps. So this would keep his right rear wheel from getting out of balance in the mud. There you go. That's uh, Chris Economaki. But, yeah, just a a dude from, like, uh, somewhere up in the northeast and just, you know, that accent. It always sounded a little, again, when you had, like, David Hobbs and Chris Economaki, like, these guys calling NASCAR races, it did give it a different feel than it does have a little bit now where a lot of guys have like, you know, they're all born in Charlotte and they all live around there and they all have kind of the same accent. It's a little different taste there. Have you, have you noticed that, uh, have you ever heard the story about Chris Economaki? One time someone was talking, I think in a press conference or something like that about, uh, they would, they would say, so JD talk about stagger podcast. Tell us all about it. Talk <laughs> right. about it. Talk about and it. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Ask a question. You always have to ask a question like mm-hmm. it, like he was like adamant about that. I think Ryan McGee was who he maybe like mentored on that. But there was a there was the person that brought that up. Multiple multiple yeah, brought you, that up that are it's that a are journalists now thing, yeah. that said you have to ask a question. Don't just say talk about. Yeah, but I'll talk about whatever I want. But ask the question. I got to answer it. You know, mm-hmm. so Absolutely. it was I really respected him for saying that. And I've, I've always remembered that whenever I've done an interview or if I've been in a spot where I'm like a work interview ask a question you don't just hey talk about your experience right you know yeah you know, there's a, a good, way to ask someone thing. about it and you get more point answers um all right well uh you're up next uh derek go ahead with number three all right on your buckle list. up i'm gonna i'm gonna probably make people pull their hair out oh but, boy uh kyle petty oh, for like three for me kyle petty is is i could have gone with the underrated but i got a good person for that um kyle petty to me knows his stuff he is he doesn't like he does not matter about offending anyone he won't be like you know a lot of people like we could say names of certain broadcasters that have been on fox recently in the last decade that maybe not might not want to make someone mad you know because they they sit they park their bus right next to him kyle petty will make someone mad he doesn't care he, he'll just speak the truth and if you're a terrible driver made a terrible decision he'll just call you out 
And I, I respect him for that. I think I love his raw way that he approaches race broadcasting. And I, I think it's something that is sorely missed since the TN day, since the TNT days are done. Um, those six races every summer made me just smile. Um, they were my favorite races of, of uh, on the, on the calendar because Kyle Petty was in the booth. Go he ahead, made Ori. Kentucky interesting. I mean, yeah. come on. That takes no, time. I, sorry. I thought Ori was going to say something. I thought you were waving. Well, I, I, I was, I was going to say, I always thought Kempe- uh, Kyle Petty was that way. Even as a driver, you know, he was, he was up front and, you know, confronted people and whatnot. And I always wondered if he was that way, you know, he's like, Richard Petty's my dad. He's like, it doesn't matter what I do. You know, I can do whatever I want. Richard, you know, the king is my dad. So he's not on my list, Derek, but I do respect your pick there at, at number three. Yeah, I think that's uh, – I think your, po- your, your, your point is very well taken, that he doesn't care. He'll just say what he thinks. Now, I don't always agree with him, but, yeah, I think that's a, a pretty interesting point there. Uh, Justin, who do you have at number three on your list? Um, I'm going to have to go – oof. Um, Let's go with old uh, Buddy Baker. TNN oh, days. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Baker. One of, my, one of my favorites. He did. Uh, he held that that booth of like it was like Eli Gold, Buddy Baker, and Dick Bergeron, or like Mike Joy. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Dick Bergeron. Sounds like an STD, but a really good pit yeah. reporter. <laughs> Um, I got to go to the doctor for my just, Dick Bergeron. I never yeah. thought of that, but I guess you're right. I guess I never thought yeah, of that. He had the little hat, too. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, had the, he had the little hat. But, yeah, Buddy Baker, he had, I don't know, he had that, that kind of like a little bit of a lisp, a little draw, yep. Virginia draw or whatever, and it's just you wouldn't think it would work broadcasting, but it worked. He had like the southern kind of slow draw charm to him, and it, he it, was always good to cut up a good joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it did it from time to time catch him out because there was a lot of action going really fast. And he'd start talking about Dale Earnhardt making a move, and Ernie Irvin would have gone on the inside of him. And Mark Martin's already bet passing both of them. And he would just be like, Well, Mar- well Dale Earnhardt, Mark, Ernie, Mark, Mark, Martin's coming out and turn, turn four. But that passion look at that, is look good. At that, look at that. Hey, man, he was the first guy to take a Great. stock car over 200 miles an hour. So uh, yeah, you got to give legend. him respect. Absolutely legend, legend there. Absolutely. Ori, who's your uh, number three on your list there for best broadcaster? That, this was hard for me. The, the top three, in my opinion, you could almost switch them around. And, and, you know, put them one, two, three, you know, how many ever different ways and, and make an argument for each of them. So I, I really struggled with this. Number three for Dale on my list is Ken Squire. Mm, okay. Uh, there's going to be a spoiler alert there for me because that actually you've just ticked off my number one. So Ken Squire is my number one guy on my list, but I definitely have him on there. Do you guys have Ken Squire on you, your list? Yeah, number one in my – yeah. Well, yeah. thanks, Ori. You just ruined it. <laughs> That's fine. No, that's okay though. That's the point. I wanted to see where everyone has him. Justin, what do you say? Where do you do you have Ken Squire on your list? I actually kind of forgot. About it. <laughs> All right, go. All right, go. Let's talk about it. Nice, have, Justin. I Enjoy do have him on my Talk to you next my, week. On my teams, but I guess I guess I was, I I respect the history that he's done for the sport. Um, but I yeah, feel by like, leaving him off your top five. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I'm thinking about it, but he, I think towards the end, he started like getting a little, a little bit of wires crossed and he would start calling people by the wrong names and 
but it's Ken Squire. He's just kind of was like, yeah. that, that's what he does. And he was yeah. almost like the Murray Walker type where he'd have his own Ken Squire-ism. So you're just like, let, guy's yeah. been here forever. He's a, he's a, he's a great, let him do what he wants to do. He's to me that, so that is my, when I was growing up, when I would flip on a NASCAR race, Ken Squire's voice is what I would hear. And so that to me will always be, I think it's just a timing thing, right? If I was born in 2005, and was listening, you know, I was a 15 year old now, like I would have a very different opinion because you're right. Like the very end with Ken Squire was almost like they're, you know, they're not a charity thing, but they, they, they kind of put him on there. They let him do some of the intro. It's they're They know that he's not going to be able to do a full race or anything, but um, yeah. So that was, yeah, but Ken Squire is my number one actually. So, but that's okay. You don't have to have him on your list. That's the beauty of this whole deal. <laughs> um, my number three is Mike Joy. I have Mike Joy at three, and that's because for the last half of my so like it was Ken Squire for the first half of my fandom, the last half of my fandom it's been mm-hmm. uh, Mike Joy. But yeah, and and if you go back, Mike Joy is one of you guys mentioned Mike Joy's been in the pits. You know he's he's yeah. done it all. He's been a race promoter. Like he's yeah, he runs the gamut for me. So uh, yeah, Mike Joy, my top three. Uh, do you guys have any of you have Mike Joy on your list? I don't, but he's the one that replaced Ken Squire at CBS. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime in the late nineties. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it might've been, yeah. Late nineties, early 2000s, somewhere around there. He was like taken over, but, um, yeah, I have him in my top three. Um, all right. My, my, my Derek, number two, as I, I have a sweet and spicy bacon jerky and the spicy <laughs> kicks in very late in the process. <laughs> and, uh, I ran out of beer. So, uh, Ned Jarrett, I'm going to get a drink. So, uh, talk amongst yourselves. Ned Jarrett at number two. I I really like Ned Jarrett. What uh, What do you guys think of Ned Jarrett's call? I, I had him at number two. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Ori, what about you? Uh, n- number two is a travesty for gentleman Ned Jarrett. I have him at the number one overall pick. Ned wow. Jarrett for on my list. Wow. All right. He is the best there's ever been and maybe the best there ever will be, in my opinion. That's, yeah, you know, I was going back because I was, you know, doing a little research to remind myself of some of my favorites. Now, I don't actually have him in my top five, but I will remedy that later on in the show. Don't worry. There's there's a nice little note coming here at the end. But um, I didn't put him in my top five. But, yeah, Derek, your pick of, well, he doesn't have his headphones on yet, but... Um, the Ned Jarrett pick is actually pretty popular, Derek, because Ori had him at one, and Justin, you said you had him at two also. Two. So I'm the only one who doesn't have him in my top five, but I love Ned Jarrett, and I went back and was just listening to his call of Dale Jarrett's first victory at Daytona in the interstate batteries car for Joe Gibbs and literally got tears in my eyes listening to it. Like, that's it's been so long since I heard it, but going back and listening to Ned Jarrett, like as the whole rest, like of the last five laps, you know, he's like, all right, well, he's got to do this. And, you know, Dale's got to watch out for this. And he's talking about Dale Earnhardt and he's talking about Dale Jarrett, obviously his son. And then as he gets to the final lap, he just, you can tell he just gets up and he's like, come on. All right, Dale, get down there. Jared, Jared needs to get down there and block. He needs to do that. Oh, don't let him out of the inside. And it's just, it's so great to hear as like a dad, you can just picture it. If any of you, you know, out there have kids, you can kind of get the sense of like what it must have been like for him to call it in that moment. And then they go to victory lane and Ned Jarrett's just kind of like, yep, yep. Good job. Yep. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Cause you can tell he's trying not to, you know, uh, just break up right there. Uh, he's probably obviously so proud of his son, but, uh, 
That's one of my favorite calls of all time. And there's, so there's another good one of uh, Colin Dale Jarrett's first win um, in the Sitco car when he beats Davey Allison in a photo finish at Michigan. That's also a good um, last lap call. Um, yeah. Bob Jenkins calling it, and and Ned Jarrett just like explodes at the is that, finish line. Is that where he says "All right, all right," like that? Maybe I'm thinking of something different. Oh, he. Oh, I don't know. I think he's. I know what you're talking about. I don't think that's the same. I think that one. was the Daytona 500. As you eat your bacon, thank you. It's very good My to hear you chewing. It's and... really good. <laughs> Ooh, it's hot. Um. All right, Ooh. I've got the. Let's let's pull the audio up and listen to that. Oh. Okay. All right. Now, it is Dale Jarrett, Davey Allison, and Rusty Wallace. First, second, and third. All right, this is a 10-minute clip, so we're going to skip ahead. Here we go. Side by side, wheel to wheel. Who is it going to be in the Champions Park Club 400? Jarrett has the slight advantage as they go into the third and fourth corners. Davey Allison battles back on the outside. It's going to be a photo finish. They touch coming down through the trioval at the line. Who wins it? I believe Jarrett. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But it was a photo finish. He didn't win by more than four or five inches. I tell you, fellas, when he wins his first one, I want him to do it that way, racing for it. <laughs> and he waves to Davey Allison saying, nice race. Wow. Dale Jarrett, his first Winston Cup victory. There you go. That's, uh, yeah, good stuff. Bob Jenkins obviously has a lot more to do on that call. But, yeah, you can hear the emotion in in Ned Jarrett's voice. And yeah, he is, yeah. he is truly a legend in all forms when it comes to racing NASCAR, you know, promoting, owning racetracks, the whole deal. Like he's, uh, as we, um, I was doing research actually on Derek, who are we thinking about doing our first rollback episode of a few weeks ago? And then we passed on, Oh, Harry Gant, handsome, Harold Harry Gant. Gantz. Ned Jarrett is responsible for handsome, Harry Gant. Did you know that? Like he's oh. his dad or something? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Who knows? There's we don't know. We don't anything. know. I mean, uh, Harry, Harry Gant came out as a baby looking like he was 36 years old. So I don't know. Maybe that's possible. <laughs> but no, Harry Gant was a construction guy and he raced at a track that Ned Jarrett took ownership of. But before Ned Jarrett owned it, it was a dirt track. And so he was decent at the dirt track. He brought his car out every weekend. He ran it. He was fine. And he would run other races too, but mostly just his home track. Ned Jarrett bought the track and paved it an asphalt track. And suddenly Harry Gant started winning everything and took off as a, as a asphalt stock car racer. And so then he started going around and got bigger and bigger, but he was just content to run his dirt car at his local track. And then Ned Jarrett turned it into an asphalt track. And suddenly he was like, all right, well, I guess I got to go do that now. I'm good at it. So that's a little bit of why he got into uh, doing the the uh, pavement stuff. So yeah, more insight onto the the Jared family. Do you know how they got a lot of their money to start really racing for no, Dale? I don't know. Or um, Doctor Jerry Punch was a family friend, friend of Dale's, and Ned one time said, according to, to Jerry Punch, he said, um, "Hey, you should take out these loans." He's like, "What? Well, I, I don't have any really credit. I mean, I'm a." young doctor he's like yeah but you're a doctor they'll give you a loan so they used the doctor status of jerry punch to finance some things uh early on in dale jarrett's career so it's kind of really? interesting 
I did not yeah. know that. I didn't know Dr. Jerry Punch was involved in that stuff. Oh, Look yeah. He's that. part of that Hickory gang of him and Andy Petrie and all that. Did we get everybody's number three driver? I think we did, right? Are we on to number two now? Number three driver? We're doing driver. Driver. Yeah. Broadcast or whatever. Hey, I'm the one that has my second beer out. That's, I don't know why you're messing I, this up. I'm already two in. I'm on to three. All right. Number two proof, driver. Proof or it doesn't count. Derek, who's your uh, number two driver there? My my number two, I said it already. Is, is oh, Ned oh that's Jared. Ned Jarrett. Oh, so we're on. Okay. Yeah. So everybody's done their number twos. Give Ken me your number Squire. one. Your number one's Ken Squire. All right. Yep. That was my number one, too. Uh, Justin, who's your number one? Uh, my number one, I know Ori's going to shake his head, but my number one is Benny Parsons. You are high as a kite. You are high <laughs> as a kite, Justin. <laughs> oh, it's, Benny Parsons, here we go. It's very close for me for Benny, Ned, and Buddy Baker. They're all like the three I grew up watching, and I loved all three of those color guys. They're pretty much interchangeable for me, but I, I just love Benny. Benny Parsons, your guy. Okay, Ori. Love, he has the Ori. energy and the excitement, and he he was like the Daryl Waltrip, but Daryl Waltrip went crazy. I don't think Benny <laughs> ever went crazy. All right, Ori, tell us why you 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 are shaking your head and you are losing your mind. Tell us why you're not a fan of Benny Parsons. I am I am losing my mind over here. That I I know B, BP was good. He was he wasn't, but he's nowhere near the top five. That is just ludicrous. It is absolutely ridiculous. He is he is mediocre at best. And, uh, I mean, to me, we can hit on this later, J.D., but I was, I was thinking, you know, as a kid growing up, um, when they visited Daytona after Dale Sr.'s death, one of the you know, biggest races that, that NASCAR's had, right? And, and Alan Bestwick and BP are on the call. And Dale Jr.'s racing for his win. He's using Tony Stewart and everything. Tony Stewart gets a black flag for going below the line, passing below the line. NASCAR had implemented that rule. And he's getting black black flagged. And Bestwick's like, Tony Stewart's getting the black flag. And BP's over here, Tony Stewart's going for the lead. <laughs> and everything else. And just doesn't, he doesn't even know what's going on. It's just ridiculous. And... <laughs> As a as a kid, for me, when I was watching that race, I was like, "Well, this guy's, you know, he's smoking something." <laughs> BP doesn't need to be on this top five list, Justin. That's that's uh wow. You're out in left field here. Wow. Well, maybe he did lose his marbles. I don't know. Who 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 knows if I was? I know he had Ken Squire on it because I forgot about him. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't back up. No, no, no. You can't disown this list now. This is you have to you have to own this. This is who you for for now and forever. You have to have all these names tattooed on your forehead. This is how it works. And, and uh, Benny Parsons is bald, so yeah, there we go. Perfect. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's it's, it's it's the that's probably the only reason you like them. Yeah. Um, all right, Derek. Your number one you said was yeah, well, Ken Squire. But could I have Ken an Squire. honorable mention? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Jackie Stewart. Was an NASCAR oh. commentator for a while, an IndyCar commentator. Ooh, uh, Jackie, the, Sir Jackie, Sir Jackie Stewart. Yeah, by the way, Formula One legend. Yeah. Uh, he had a second career as a. I knew that he did some. I knew he did plenty of racing America. commentary. I did not realize he did Indy or uh, NASCAR. I, that I forgot about I, that. I believe if I knew he just did like the Daytona, like the, okay. the big races. I don't think I don't think you saw him at it. Rockingham, but um, <laughs> that would have been great. But, but he would be there for the the major events, the the wide world. I'd have liked a good old boy to try to say something to Jackie Stewart back in the day. That would have been that would have been their problem, not his. That's for sure. 
Uh, and Ori, hey, we we whooped your guys' butt out in seventeen seventy six. I love how see how that would have gone. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ori, you had your number one was uh, Ned Jarrett, the gentleman. Yeah, Ned Jarrett, we're right. Okay, and so mine was Ken uh, Squire. So let's go ahead. Oh, yeah. number two. You didn't Why? do your number two, Ori. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. My number two is uh, you know probably very important for. Uh, you know, me being a NASCAR fan, I mentioned earlier that a lot of my family lives in Indiana and my parents would go, you know, to home, home to visit Indiana every weekend as when I was a kid almost. Driving back on Sundays, we would listen to the NASCAR race and Barney Hall is my number two. And Derek, I don't know if I respect your opinion because you didn't have any radio guys on, on this list. So I'm just yeah. throwing people under the bus here. Justin, Derek, I don't, I don't hey, know if I respect hey. your list at all. Bef- before Barney Hall passed, the last few years of his life, he had a podcast on MRN. I don't know if you guys can find it. On my old old phone, I had three or four episodes saved, and it was him talking with all these older drivers and commentators, and it was like stories of the past with Barney Hall, and it was amazing. I mean, like talking about Benny Parsons, there's one of the intros to their, their, and their talk bed leading up to their, um, their, their intro of the show. It was this old guy, I forget his name. He was talking about Benny Parsons getting mad. He was like, Benny's face was red as a pickle beet, you know, like, and this, you had like, like, but I would listen to that at work. And it was like my highlight. It would come out like once every four weeks. It was like the, the early, early days of podcasting. So like, there was no real set schedules. Like, well, hey, it's Barney Hall, and we've come in. Uh, we're going to sit in the studio here and talk some NASCAR racing from the 70s. And, I mean, it was really, really cool. I loved it. He he passed way too soon, or we were way too young to to be able to have the years that, that we should have with him. Um, Eli Gold does a great job, but he's no Barney Hall. And wow. Barney Hall was one of my favorite broadcasters. And had I read the stuff correctly, <laughs> I would have put more radio broadcasters, and he uh-huh. would have been up there in my number one or number two spot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So everybody real quick, uh, Derek, do your top five again, then everybody do yours just so we have a final list here. David Hobbs, Lee Diffie, Kyle Petty, Ned Jarrett, and Ken Squire. Right. Uh, Justin, go ahead. Yours. And Murray Walker, Bob Jenkins, Buddy Baker, Ned Jarrett, Benny Parsons. Very good. Ori, I know you hate that last one, but uh, go ahead with yours. Uh, Paul Page, Ralph Shaheen, Ken Squire, Barney Hall, and Ned Jarrett. Um, and then mine was Eli Gold, Chris Economaki, Mike Joy, Paul Page, and Ken Squire. So I think our multiples there are Ned Jarrett, Paul Page, Ken Squire. Anybody else that yep. we doubled up on? I don't think so. Don't so, think that, so. so that's pretty good uh, top three right there, right? Paul mm-hmm. Page, mm-hmm. Ken Squire, and Ned Jarrett, I think, are kind of getting the uh, getting the – the love there, which, uh, yeah, we'll talk about more uh, on that when we uh, take a break here in a few minutes. But before we do that, I wanted to get to another topic quickly. Uh, best pit road reporter. If you had to pick one person, and I, I mean, if you have like two or three, that's fine. But uh, I've got to- five. I hope that's <laughs> I got six. Oh, man. I, all right. I, I, I didn't read the Remember, I didn't read the text. Okay, correctly, we, all right. So well, I'll tell you what. Top we went- five, everything. You want you know what? Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk pit road. We'll talk most over. We'll we'll talk the worst announcers of all time. We'll talk most underrated announcer, and finally our best broadcast team in racing history. We'll give you all that when we come back. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast.
All right, welcome back to the Stagger Podcast, the broadcaster's edition. We are continuing our discussion. We went through our top five racing announcers of all time, and now we're moving on to the best pit road reporter, soon to come, worst announcer ever, and we'll give you our picks for most underrated announcer and best broadcast team in racing history. So we'll talk about all of those coming up in this segment, but uh, who wants to start with best pit road report? I know we started with Derek the last time, so I'll leave it open. Who wants to start off this time? Ori's oh, got it. All right. Give us just, and, and there's no, we don't really have like a top anything. It's just, I did three. I think some guys have five or six. So how many do you have Ori? Just go ahead and run through them. Uh, I put, I put together an honorable, there's two, there's the two guys that are at the top of my list. In my opinion, I have some honorable mentions. I'll just run through. I have Jamie Little. Matt Yoakum, Marty, Marty Snyder for my honorable mentions. And that's kind of new school. And then my top two, the goats of, of Pit Road, Dick Bergeron and Dr. Jerry Punch. Both excellent choices there. Can't uh, argue with either of those. Yeah. Um, if you ask Dr. Jerry Punch at how good he is, he'll be sure to let you know. Wow. Really good at that. Wow, look at that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to say Dr. Jerry Punch deserves to be rated pretty highly because of the fact that, like, among other things, he saved Rusty Wallace's life well, back in the day. Um, he he made Days of Thunder happen. Did he make Days yeah, of Thunder? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he, he was the consultant on the film. That that pretty much actually brings him down in my list because <laughs> I hate Days of Thunder. <laughs> I don't hate Days of Thunder. You know what's bad? I, I get riled Robinson up. Robinson is racing. Yeah, I get I get riled up by Days of Thunder, but I have to remember that when they made that movie, no one knew anything about NASCAR out of outside of the South. So like, it was just coming into its own being. It was becoming this national thing. And they kind of built the lore up a little bit. But now that we all know what NASCAR is and you see them like at Daytona, like shifting seven times as they're on the backstretch, it's like they're not doing that. They've been yeah. pedal to the floor for three straight hours. They're not like, yeah. oh, now I'll drop it into fifth gear and watch out. Like yeah. They don't even have fifth I'm, gear. They had four years. I'm dropping the hammer, Harry. <laughs> dropping yeah. the, dropping hammer, the right? hammer. That's what you mean, J.D. You mean dropping the hammer. Well, I know. <laughs> so, but what does dropping the hammer mean? It means dumping the clutch and going to another gear, and they're not doing that at Daytona. It pissed me off. <laughs> so, so Damn it. Is, is Days so of angry. Thunder like the rookie of the year of NASCAR, like the Hattitude? It's all about the attitude, Roland yeah. Gardner. I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's kind of like I don't know. Am I the only one who thinks that? I know. Maybe? I I I love that movie, Rookie of the Year. But um, I don't know. At least with Rookie of the Year, you knew it was like supposed to be kind of goofy and pretend. People think Days of Thunder is actually real. That's the problem. If it was just viewed as like a goofy, fun movie, like sure. I mean, good. Nicole Kidman was what she say like when they were like racing. Stop the car, Cole. Stop the car. You know, like yeah, right. She was yeah. all proper and prim, and yeah. That's that's what I learned about drafting, though. That that scene stuck in my head. The sweet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's based on a real thing, actually. I think they did do yeah. that at one point when they were talking to the producers because Doctor Jerry Punch told them about the story. That's how it happened. Yes, right. Yeah. Right. See. Yeah. All right. So I that- I have used sweet and low and salt packets and sugar packets as NASCAR evangelism at many a dinners. Yes. Yep. The thing that still gets me, and to go back to the broadcasting thing, what bugs me now is when they still talk about it like that where it's like now nah, if you've never heard of the draft here's what's happening and it's like <laughs> it's like there hey i heard i heard somebody there i heard somebody and it sounded a lot like larry mcreynolds to me okay i wasn't high pitched enough and i didn't say through i didn't say he drove through the pits he don't have I, a drive through penalty right there 
for five bonus points for leading the race. I wish somebody would have got five one, bonus points on a drive through penalty. I wish that would have been possible. One of the craziest contrasts was like Juan Pablo Montoya getting a speedy penalty and saying over the radio, thank you, NASCAR, for screwing over my day. Oh, well, well, look at that, Mike. He's got five bonus points. I, he doesn't, actually. He's going to have a penalty for his drive-through penalty here. So, you know, it, it, this is going to be a, a, a worse day for Juan Pablo Montoya. Uh, sorry, I was sometimes, sometimes they stick, I, sometimes they don't. I will say <laughs> I will say with Larry Mack, he did not make any of my best lists. Um, but Larry McReynolds, he had already jumped the shark by this point. But remember when they had him this year grading the tire with the cheese grater? Like, I think... We've true like now that was if he hadn't jumped the shark by then that was the Fonz on the water skis, getting on the boat ramp. That was like he's woof like he's gone. See, at least Jeff Hammond knew to like hang it up. We don't hear anything about Jeff Hammond. That's yeah. true. He's out. He's that out. Chain smoking outside of a sitco right now. He's living life up he, to the fullest. He oh made a stack of two money and got out. Does yeah. it, Does Jeff Hammond not strike you as someone who, like, name drops himself at a bar? with oh. the ladies like you know oh, like no i don't picture no. him ever buttoning no, no, his no. shirts more than like four like four <laughs> buttons down is like the no, th- the highest they a, get buttoned this is a true story i had a press pass in 2009 2010 to the roar before the rolex 24 and in before the, the walking into the pits uh you know it's basically a glorified practice there's not that many people there but there's a security guard there he stops Said Jeff Hammond in front of me. Jeff Hammond without his con- without his credentials and says, "I'm Jeff Hammond. Let me through." Wow! Did it work? Yeah. Oh, it did. He's like, "Oh, sorry, Mister Hammond." He's like, "Yeah, we'll and he was smoking at Winston there too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, was, well, that's... Every time I saw him in the pits, he was smoking, smoking a heater. That's now yeah, that's exactly that is exactly what I picture with Jeff Hammond. That's yep. yes, yep. That yeah, he's, fits. A good, he's a good dude though. But that fits. He's just like, "Yep, I'm Jeff Hammond. It's Daytona. You know me. Yeah, dude." Yes, uh, Justin, who are your uh, your pit reporters? Who do you have? So my honorable mentions is Matt Yoakum, uh, ESPN Bill Weber, not NBC Bill Weber. Um, <laughs> Good delineation. Jack Aroot from ABC. Yeah, Jack Glenn was really Jarrett, good. Glenn Jarrett from TNN, mm-hmm. the, uh, the third Jarrett. Um, and then my top two, one's Jerry Punch. And the second one's Dave Despain. Dave Despain is a really good call, and I debated like putting him in because I couldn't remember how much you've got something on your mustache. I do have something on my mustache, but this is a podcast, so no one cares. That's what I say. Um, it's foam for my beer. So that's what we're doing, by the way. We're drinking beer and talking about NASCAR and racing broadcasters. So Dave Despain, I was trying to remember what level of pit reporting he did because I know he did some, but I'm trying to remember because most of what I remember him from was wind tunnel and all the things he would say before the chili bowl. Like that's that's but I love Dave Despain. He's he's one of my all time favorites. Truly one of the great. I think he had like he moonlighted on like all the channels. I think yep. he was a little bit of TBS when TBS had it. He was on oh, ESPN yeah. a little bit. He was on TNN a little bit. I think he just kind of showed up wherever they needed a need yeah. a body. And then he would just show up at like, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, winter heat. Those, mm-hmm. those, uh, races. He was big on like the short track and, and, uh, like midgets and sprints. Yes. And then, uh, yes. he had a little bit of, I think he had a little IndyCar too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He did everything. So that's good. A uh, Dave Despain strikes me as a guy who's garage. Like if I found out Dave Despain had a garage 
and it was like a complete mess and there were just like a rake laying in the middle of it and some random trash in the corner. I would be so disappointed because I picture Davis Spain having like whatever garage he has, it's very organized and everything is in its meticulous place. That's what I picture with Dave Spain. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Um, uh, Derek, who are your pit, rep- pit road reporters? Who do you have? Uh, how many do you All have? Right. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little controversial here with oh my boy. first two picks. I did a top five coming in. Number five. I really like the guy Parker Clickerman. I really like oh. his pit, pit, his pit style. So followed up by a legend, Dick Bergeron. Number three, Jamie Little. Number two, Matt Yoakum. And what the hell is wrong with you? Number one, Steve Burns, the GOAT. Steve Burns is really good. I, I do agree with that. I like Steve Burns a lot. I do not have him in my top three, though. Um, but well, yes, but we but but I agree not with Not all of us can be smart, JD. We may he rest in peace. And we uh yeah, of course, Steve Tell Burns. Tell me a better exchange than him and Tony Stewart at California. There is no better exchange. He <laughs> It epitomizes the pit road reporting. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I mean, right there. <laughs> best, that best was pretty good. minute in that pit reporting ever. And Steve Burns is the best. Yeah. I actually I hope, his, I hope his son gets a gig and I hope his son meets and exceeds expectations. I was going to try. You know, to- he's, you know, they're going to, you know, Fox is going to hire his son. They just have to. I'm trying to pull up the tone, the Tony Stewart thing. Hang on. Real oh quick. yeah. Pull that up. See if while can- you look that up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it is. It is one of the classic moments. Joey it, was, Logano, it, was Fonta- it was Fontana, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Fontana. Yeah, Fontana. Joey, Joey Logano and Tony Stewart had had a fight After on pit Tony road. Here it, Here it is. I got it. And do more than that. Actually got a, a swing in there. Let's see Chris what Steve Myers Burns talking. came up with. Well, Tony, what angered you at the end of the race? What did you take issue with? What the hell do you think I was mad about? Dumb little s- runs us clear down to the infield. He wants to b- about everybody else. And he's the one that drives like a little b-. I'm going to bust his ass. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. All right, Michael Waltrip. <laughs> Burns caught up with. Oh my God, I miss Tony Stewart. Yeah, oh. I, did too. I tell you what, though, man. Like the fact that this is something that needs to be talked about with all these broadcasters, but especially the pit road reporters, their ability to get out of the way and let the people be themselves. Because NASCAR in all sports, you have personalities, and the ones who want to talk over it and constantly like. What were you doing there? What was going on here? Like sometimes people will say, why did Steve Burns ask that question? That was stupid. Why did he ask Tony Stewart? What are you mad about? He asked an angry person something that he knew would piss him off. And guess what he got? He got an even more pissed off version of Tony Stewart. And we got a legendary quote out of it. So that is good pit reporting. Sometimes reporters ask questions that sound dumb or sound a little bit leading or like they don't have the full information. But they do that in part to get a good interview out of their subjects. So I think that was really good. Yeah, it's a good uh, good call by you, Derek. Uh, my three, my I only did three, and maybe I should have expanded it, but oh well, I was lazy. Uh, Someone read the text message then. <laughs> I, I have actually uh, followed along. No, that's fine. I have uh, Dick Bergeron as my third. I have Dr. Jerry Punch second, and I, I love this guy. I said it earlier. I like him a lot. Chris Economaki was my guy, so I put him as my number one guy. I wish we could have seen more of him uh, later on uh, around the track, but yes, I, I a lot of this goes back to my childhood and liking Chris Economaki on those Daytona 500 broadcasts, so uh, there you go. Um, I think we should say worst announcer for last because that's 
going to be the, I think the, <laughs> the most fun. So we'll, we'll move to a uh, most underrated announcer. If you guys give me just, let's keep this to one name. If you can, mm-hmm. who is the most underrated announcer that you can think of in racing? Um, and I, I can you. start if you guys are, if you guys need a second or however you want to yeah, do you it. Can, let's start. Have you start JD? Tell us your most. Nobody brought announcer. this. Nobody brought this guy up, but this guy has done Indy 500s. He's done Daytona. He has done all the big races. Alan Bestwick gives you a pretty solid, gets through it, nails it, doesn't get in the way of things. I acknowledge some people may not like his delivery entirely, but I think the fact that we just did a top five, no one brought him up, and I could have brought him up, and I didn't, so shame on me. But uh, I'm going to put Alan Bestwick as the uh, most underrated announcer for uh, like calling the big races. So He was that. he was in my running of top five, but I just couldn't squeeze him in there. Yeah, see, that's why I'm mad at you, Justin, because you should have squeezed him in there. Even though I didn't, I'm going to hold him against you. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave Bestwick an honorable mention on my top five overall, especially because he had to work his ass off carrying BP along way during his career because <laughs> BP sucked so much. So I agree with Bestwick. He's right up there. <laughs> All right, that's good. I like that. All right, who else? who wants to go next on the most underrated? Uh, I'll go. Uh, underrated announcer. He's a current guy, Rick Allen. Uh, I think yeah. he's got the pipes Ugh. given to him by by Christ Himself. And oh, we got we is, got some. I, I think he's got the the best voice. And now he may not be like the most, but he he basically just has to play third or fourth fiddle to Burton, Earnhardt, and Latart. I mean, everyone tunes in for those guys. He just has to be the polished guys. And they're three wise side by side. You know, I, I mean, saw some I, mixed reactions going on on the uh, Zoom chat here. What, or you're Justin. I saw some winces there. What do you guys, Justin? Go ahead. You're you're wincing pretty hard. I, I don't know. I mean, he's okay, but you're underrated. The, the, that means the, everyone overlooks him because he's underrated. All right, no, no, no. Let Justin yeah. talk there. He's got to defend him. You've got to. Yeah. You, you well, made the, the choice. Lap guy is supposed to be the guy who carries the team, and he's just so overshadowed by. Burton and Latart and Earnhardt, I feel like they they could just do fine without him and just have Earnhardt do the play by play. But have you ever watched the old truck races where it was Rick Allen, Phil Parsons, and Michael Waltrip? Well, I mean that started he, your Friday that started your Friday night off right. He's he dealing really was with a star there. Michael Waltrip and Phil Parsons. Of course, he's going to look good. <laughs> yeah. So see, there you go. Ori and Justin can get along at least on Phil Parsons' hatred. Even if they can't agree on Benny Parsons, they can agree on Phil. So that's good. Uh, Ori, who's your uh, most underrated guy that you have? Well, I, I think this is a really easy one. Uh, he's on TV a little bit today, but he's got the genes are in the family here. And NASCAR needs to push him. They need to push Dale Jarrett more because he's extremely underrated, very what? knowledgeable. Hold on, you know, Cup champion. They Hold need- on, how in the world is Dale Earnhardt Jr. underrated at literally anything? How can he be underrated? No, 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 no. Dale Jarrett. Da- Dale oh, Jarrett. Oh, sorry, you misheard me there, JD. Sorry, I yeah. How sorry. Many, how many of those beers have you had? <laughs> Yeah, yeah so, sorry, I was so just. Maybe, I was maybe you could. Well, do all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang yeah. In my defense, no. In my defense, Ori is a huge Dale Earnhardt senior and junior fan. So I just heard Dale, and I thought, here we go. I was waiting for it, but no. Okay, Dale Jarrett, I agree with. Yes, all right, that's fair. I thought Dale Jarrett okay. underrated. We'll get to Dale Junior later. Okay? Oh boy, here we go. All right, 
Uh, and Justin, who do you have? Well, <clears throat> my most underrated guy hasn't been talked about yet um, on this podcast is Wally Dollenbach. Oh, yes. I love Wally Dollenbach Jr. was yeah. really good. You're right. Yeah, I feel like he's very Bravo. underrated. Uh, I also I want to mention since I didn't have him on my pit road. The reason I didn't have Dick Berger in on my pit road list is because I have him on my underrated list. Oh, okay. Uh, but Wally Dollenbach, I think he he was fantastic in NBC with uh, Bestwick and BP, and then on TNN with our TNT with uh, with uh, Kyle Petty. I think him and Kyle Petty had a good chemistry together. Um, so, yeah, I think he's very <clears throat> underrated. He brought a lot of excitement. He brought a lot of knowledge. He knew what he was talking about, when he what he saw on the racetrack, and I just think he was overall a really good broadcaster. That's a really good call. Mm. I, I had forgotten about Wally Dollenbach Jr., but now you bring – and that's perfect. That's exactly what we're talking about, the most underrated guy. And Wally's World is an extremely underrated segment on the, the pre-race. <laughs> that's right. It's a great name. Absolutely. No, I think, you know what, I'm going to change my vote. Uh, Alan Bestwick gets plenty of credit. I'm going to say Wally Dollenbeck Jr. is my guy, too. You've convinced me, Justin. That's uh, that's that's done and done right there. Um, all right. Let's uh, shift over to, before we do worst, we're going to do the best. We'll leave, we'll leave with the worst because that's the most fun. Um, the best broadcast team in racing history. Uh, let's see. Ori, I'm going to have you start us off there. Who's your Who's the best team? The sum of their parts may be greater than the uh, – pieces assembled who do, who do you say is the best uh, i think you have to throw back to the ken squire ned jarrett team and i think that's an obvious question because you know they when they were doing the southern 500 before it was in the playoffs last year they would have these guys on the call to take over stage two of the of the race and they would just let uh, ned and ken take over the race and as a fan i just wished they would have let them do the entire race. It's a throwback race. I wish I wish they would have got Rick Allen to shut the hell up and <laughs> just just take just let these two good old boys take over the race because they they are the best there ever was on it. And uh, that that whole team, the pit road team that they had, and uh, and Ned and Ken leading the way. That's that's the best there ever will be. That's really good. I say that because that's also what I have. So, uh, yeah, I approve. I, All right. Well, I see your old man crew, and I raise you with the best team in the history of NASCAR, and it's gone forever, and it's so sad. But the TNT summer crew of Adam Alexander, Wally <laughs> Dollenbach Jr., and Kyle Petty, with with the technology expertise of Larry McReynolds, Matt Yoakum, <laughs> Chris Neville, Yes, that whole crew with the whole ACDC, hey, hey, T right. <laughs> right. and then like Kentucky and Pocono, they gave them all the crappy races, but they still made them good. And they even had Turtle Man, live action Turtle Man, live on the broadcast <laughs> in Kentucky Speedway. Turtle Man. I forgot Turtle about Man. Turtle Man. Do you guys Turtle know Turtle Man? Man? Live get action. some live action with Turtle Man, a guy who just oh, go in a swamp oh, and just that in, pull that it. in a podcast. Oh, put hang that on, in a all right, podcast. all right, pull that up. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna I'm, we're gonna we're gonna do a little Turtle Man. Well, I, I mean, mean it, number one, I'm I'm definitely like now moving towards feeling it, so I'm just gonna you know go do whatever. <laughs> um, so that's good, but yeah, we're gonna let me see if I can find little uh, Turtle Man. Yeah, but but if you think about this, TNT had they had Brooklyn, Michigan, they had the Michigan race, Pocono, Sonoma, which is a 
really good race. New Hampshire, Kentucky, and then the Daytona summer race. They had a couple good ones, a couple average ones, and a couple ones that you really had to have a good team to pull you through. And I wish I could go back and erase my Rick Allen underrated announcer and replace him with Adam Alexander. Wow. Because Adam Alexander is now my favorite underrated announcer. Really? I don't. Adam Alexander. Oh, I like Adam Alexander. I think he's fine. I don't think he's. I I don't. I think he's properly rated. If you announce truck racing, I have a special spot in my heart for you because that I for 10 years, I worked a job I hate. I come home Friday nights. I'd be happy to see my family. I'd be excited to start that. My wife would go to bed early and watch her shows. I'd click on go down the basement and watch the summer or the uh, the Friday night truck race. And it'd be Adam Alexander, Rick Allen, you know, and I. So it's a little bit more of for you, Derek. It's more of it's more nostalgia. Well, it's it's the start of your weekend. The guy who started off your weekend. I mean, that's it's summertime with the TNT deal. So that's probably yes. If Adam Alexander, you stacked him up with Ken Squire. Yes, I'm going to choose Ken Squire. If you stacked him up with someone else, yes, I'm probably going to choose someone else. But it just so happens during the time that I see him, it's like, ah, good memories. So that's right. maybe what it comes down to. All right. Uh, let me give you a little, I'm going to give you a little quick turtle man real quick. To see if this, this is him walking through a swamp here. I think here. I'm crazy, but they can't help but like me. He's looking for alligator snapping turtles. I'm going to see if I can stir up one here. Got one. He's going to pull a snapping turtle out of this swamp. <laughs> I'm smiling for you now. God. Oh. You guys just are hearing it. You don't have to see it. Oh, anyway. Yeah, there you go. Turtle Man. Look up Turtle Man. Live action, baby. Look him up. He has no teeth in his head and he pulls snapping turtles out of swamps. Because he got attacked by a chainsaw. That was his word. <laughs> Is, is Turtle Man and, and Digger somehow related to each other? Yeah, it sounds like they was. Yeah, he he had to fish Digger out whenever like he yeah, would get stuck yeah. in the infield. That would be they call Turtle Man. Oh in. man, when he gets that stuck in like, Lake Lloyd or whatever. Why um, would they? Yeah, they just right. call it a camera. Here's our new camera angle. Yeah. No, we're gonna make an entire marketing product around an animated oh, figure. That was Fox so for you. Um. All right. Did it, did everybody give their best broadcasting crew? Did we do all that? I did, did not. Okay, no, Justin, I, go I ahead. overtook it. Go ahead, Justin, go ahead. Um, so I I agree somewhat with your guys' CBS crew. They're second. But to me, growing up in the in the mid-90s, the team for me was the ESPN crew, Bob Jenkins, Ned Jarrett, and Benny Parsons. I feel like okay. they're ESPN, the worldwide leader. They are motorsports, NASCAR personified. I think they just brought it every every Sunday, and they had such good chemistry between all three of them because they did about a bazillion races together. They did. And I think it's telling that at least for three out of four of us, we have Ned Jarrett on our broadcast crew. So mm-hmm. go figure. He scored very highly in the top five announcers of all time. And uh, yeah, he's Ned Jarrett, man. I like, I just feel like what we have happening here is Chase Elliott, most popular driver, Ned Jarrett, most popular broadcaster. Is that fair? <laughs> I think most people are sure. going to agree with that. I think, Everyone can get along on Ned Jarrett. It's not like maybe he's everyone's top choice, but I don't think anyone hates Ned Jarrett. Have you ever heard someone say, like, I don't like Ned Jarrett? He should shut up. He should not have been no. on this broadcast. That's why they call him Gentleman Ned. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he's no handsome Harry Gant, but, you know, it's pretty, <laughs> I mean, what, what, pretty good. Yeah, I think neighbor Ned would have been cool. 
Like, yeah. Nickname. Like, you know, hey actually, guys, he's you know, a gentleman. He is your neighbor. You know he's who he Jared. always reminded me of for Reds fans out there? You'll you'll like this. He always reminded yep. me of Joe Nuxall on the yep. Reds radio broadcast. You know what I mean? Like just Joe Nuxall was just kind of there. He was a legend. He had actually done it. And no, that's like the that's youngest pitcher Parsons, in baseball. Because he would say, that's a pop up to left, right, center field. <laughs> well, all right, fair so, enough. He, so he, he had his, okay. Joe Nuxall was like 90 at the end of his career. I'm saying like he broadcasted for a long time and everybody mostly liked him. All right. Uh, so we've done all of it. The thing we haven't done right now is talked, we haven't yet talked about the worst announcer in uh in racing history so i have i have three i probably could expand it to four but i'm gonna i'm gonna just do three um but who wants to start i can start off if you want and you guys can all judge mine first how's that okay so why did you choose michael waltrip and is he that bad of a no no believe it or not i left mikey off my top three i left him off because you know what I got other three people I got to work out. I got to talk about three other people. Uh, in a number three, I'm going to say, well, I, all these guys are equally just not my guys. Number one, uh, we'll, or number three on this is Vince Welch. I'm going to give uh, old Vince because he just, he doesn't oh, do, yeah. I'm not talking about pit reporter Vince Welch. I'm talking about calling the race Vince Welch. He messes up all the time. He constantly gets things wrong. Um, I'm going to give Daryl Waltrip, obviously, Daryl is long career, but that time has passed, and we all saw it at Bristol this year. And <laughs> ooh, where he's no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Well, he's, he's boogity, boogity, boogity on the backstretch, and yes, the no, 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 where every when everybody like wrecks, he just gets all like he's about to cry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I never. never. No, I never. Uh, um, but my my number one guy, I can't stand. And this is just personal. This is because I listen to a lot of radio, and I listen to the Sirius XM NASCAR channel for a long time. And this oh, guy boy. drives me crazy. Dave just Moody. Can't sleep. Dave Moody can go to hell i am so sick of dave moody he has never been my guy i have his racing calls are fine it's the fact that he takes people call in to his radio show and will say things like hey dave i bet some of these kids you drive on iRacing they could probably get in a stock car and be pretty good and he goes oh you think they could you think it's so easy and then six months later he's talking to william byron he's like well that's great that you were in iRace <laughs> like he's just such an idiot because if you say something that's not currently happening in nascar if you think outside the box for two seconds he screams at you even though 10 months down the road he'll be agreeing with you because that's what will actually happen oh i can't stand him he is like that's just personal. I'm sorry. I just he has annoyed me to no end. So there you go, Dave Moody, not my guy. All right, who are your guys' uh, worst broadcasters? Uh, I'll go ahead and go. <clears throat> I'll I'll I have four. Um, I'll spare the Walter brothers because they started out so good. It was so good at the beginning, like that. Those first, I feel like those for Daryl Walter, those first handful of races on Fox, like the Daytona 500 that Atlanta race where Kevin Harvick won, those were like gold and it was such a breath of fresh air at the time. So I give him a pass. It was certainly a big fall for fall from grace for both of those guys, but 
Um, I'll give them a pass and put them outside my top four worst. Um, for me, I agree with Vince Welch. Horrible. He has no excitement. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's throw Bill Weber. Not Pitt Reporter, ESPN Bill Weber, but TNT, NBC Bill Weber. Not good. Um, Andy Petrie. Never liked him. Oh, I just like every, 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 every wreck. That's a, that was a hard leak. That was a hard leak. That was a hard leak. That's all you'd say. <laughs> Always a hard leak. Yes, absolutely. It was a hard leak. <clears throat> um, Rusty Wallace. I have him oh, on there. Oh gosh. Just I forgot simple, how bad, I forgot how bad Rusty Wallace was. You're just right. For the simple oh, fact he's still, the, still he's on the MRN. Right? Yeah. Yes, and, you're right. Uh, yes. He gets on this list simply for the fact of boofing the end of the uh, Indy 500 and calling it the Daytona 500. Yeah. I think it was when it was Hornish and Marco Andretti. Oh, I forgot on. about that. And it was like a classic finish, and he's just like, coming down for the finish of the Daytona 500. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, you know oh always, and that's the you know worst place to do that. Mind. Especially yeah. to that to that group of racing fans too, who all they ever hear about is like, Oh, you like racing? What do you think of Dale Earnhardt? And they're like, actually I watched this other form of it. And they're like, Oh, I don't know about that. And it's probably got to annoy those fans to no end. And then they bring over a NASCAR guy and then he does that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and my number one is Marty Reed. I just, Marty Reed was horrible. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just, he just butchered everything. I think there's a clip on YouTube of him forgetting Andy Petrie's name. So they're doing an uh, intro to, they're, I think they're at Indy. I don't know if it's for the Indy 500 or NASCAR race. So he's like, here's here's uh, Dale Jarrett, and here's um, I Know Your Name. Oh, no. Live on air. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, oh, no, uh, no. You can find that bone. I'm, gonna look, I'm looking yeah. for it right now. Oh, here we go. All right. Here we, let's, let's enjoy. Alongside winning Brickyard driver, Dale Jarrett. Winning Brickyard crew chief. I know who you are, and, and I think it's great to see you. It's great to be back with you guys again. We've had so much oh. fun all weekend long. Let's oh, <laughs> God. I'd never, oh my God. I've, I've, oof. I did not know that clip existed. That is, that's the worst oh. one, but there's plenty more. That's, wow. I can empathize a little bit with screwing something up like that, but not. Those guys have been sitting in like production meetings and talking over days and days and days, and they've been meeting and they've been at the track. And ooh, that's rough. That's God. That's a really mm -hmm. good call by you. That is a very good one, Justin. That's uh, it's about as bad as it gets. Mm -hmm. um, well, all right. Who wants to go next? Well, I was just gonna say, I believe Marty Reed was on the call when Dan Weldon passed away. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, was he really? Because did did he not do IndyCar? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. That was sure that was the Andy Petrie thing. Was it? Was, it, it was, was him Indy. and Scott Goodyear, and it was like, please, Scott Goodyear, carry this. Oh, I think that, I think it was one of those things where I'm just like, yeah. So Marty Reed, uh, you know what? Uh, coming to think about, it, like you just literally earth shattered my Daryl Waltrip thing. I was I was gonna just we I was thinking we were all gonna say Daryl Waltrip at the same time. Um, Mikey Waltrip, I would say he's in there. However, like I said, truck racing, if you announce truck racing, which is why my jaw dropped when you said Vince Welsh, I'm like, how dare you mess with my sacred Friday nights? Um, but but yeah, so I have a special place in my heart. But yeah, 
Marty Reed's pretty bad. Bill Weber was probably not now an illusionist at a St. Petersburg hotel last I heard. So he was pulling, <laughs> really? he was literally pulling rabbits out of a hat. Oh, well, for fans. Too bad he could have done that on the broadcast. People that just were like, why did we get this package at the hotel again? Oh, oh. we didn't. Yeah, let's keep moving. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, illusionist, man. They're, there's like one or two that people are like, oh, Copperfield, right? See the big one? I don't even know. But like, there's like a few like, oh, that guy, he's cool. You'll see him in Vegas. But like every other one, you're like, okay, get away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'll see ya. Yeah, that's what he's doing now. Yeah. Oh. So did Marty, Reed, did, did Marty Reed ruin a lot of your Friday night trucks racing? Because <laughs> I think he was a truck broadcaster for a while there. Well, yeah, but he, but honestly, I didn't watch it then. So I started oh, okay. like, I started with like, with Rick Allen, Vince, uh, Vince Welch, you know, like those are the guys that kind of got me. And a lot of times too, I honestly turned down leaving on the background. Um, yeah. Just got, like, it's easier to do with some of those truck races. Cause trucks. Yeah. you're just kind of like because, hanging around watching what's going on. If something big happens, you flip it on. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Marty Reed was probably one of the worst ones that I would say now all told, uh, he was pretty bad. So, Derek, just pause play for a second here. So, your argument for some of your best commentators is turning it down and watching it in the background. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I mean, when you got a multitask here, and it is a Friday night, I mean, when the mood calls, I mean, you got to. All right, but you, you, you don't, don't have to put you him as your with, best broadcast. You don't want Vince Welch in the background going, hey there. Yeah, we well, nobody needs Vince Welch in the background. That's, I mean, Rick Allen, funny. she actually didn't mind Rick Allen on the background. That was kind of concerning, <laughs> but Mikey always threw the mood off, so we just oh. turned it down. Do we, I, did I ever tell you guys, by the way, I met Michael Waltrip's daughter at uh, Junior Motorsports. We stopped in there to uh, like go to the gift shop, and we were talking to the girl who was at the counter, and she was just like, oh, where are you guys from, and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, my dad, is. he's been – away he's always gone every weekend so it's nice because he also because it was around the all-star race time she's like it's nice because he's home for a couple weeks and i was like oh who's your dad and she was like oh michael waltrip and i was just like oh well glad he didn't die in that wreck at bristol then that's (laughs) (laughs) and you're you're here now i I mean and you're here so that's great i'm yeah uh, Let's not talk about his racing, like his announcing on races. Let's not talk about that. So when I went to Junior Motorsports, I met Dale Jr. Oh, okay. And Kelly I'm not trying to get one up here. My God. No. (laughs) What's that? Can I go to Junior Motorsports? I've been there. I've been to Junior Motorsports, but it sounds like I need to go with either of you to try to meet somebody. You need to go with me. If you hang out with me long enough, you'll find people. I met Richard Petty and, and just about pretty much everybody. Uh yeah, he's yeah. met it, Richard I, Petty, I Mario Andretti, AJ Foyt, Bobby Ray Hall, Bobby Ray Hall's bus, <sighs> and and he <laughs> when we went to Martinsville, we I I I was with him all day. We met a few nothing, you know, whatever. And then we wa- I walked away from him for ten minutes because he was like, I'm gonna go walk around the track, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the seats. I got some hot dogs. I'm gonna go sit down and eat them. And then I came back, and who did you run into? Uh, Brian Blaney, Chase Elliott, and Rusty Wallace. Yeah. So this is so, just how it goes. And full disclosure, I, I know this is like whatever, but I literally one-upped you for the sake of the show to hopefully get someone in their podcasting headphones dri- riding into work or at work to get them to laugh, be like, oh, this guy. So no, like, trust me, I don't want to be the one-upper, but uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. yeah but but it, right. was, uh, it was a weird kind of 
conga line of Earnhardt's at the Junior Motorsports Shop the day we went there. Yeah, it was. And uh, you got some good pictures out of that. Ori? Yeah. Um, I hit I hit on some of the names we said already. Justin, I know I bashed you earlier in the show. I do agree on Andy Petrie. He, he was bad. Uh, Jeff Hammond, we talked about him. Um, for DW and Larry Mack, they, in my opinion, they were a tag team uh, that started off, you know, a lot like the Dudley boys in WWE. You know, they were they were really great. They were putting people through tables and doing 3Ds all over the place. But by the by the end of their career, you know, it just it wasn't it wasn't good at all. It was it was bad. Let's be honest. But I, I have I have a name on there. I have a name on my worst, and it, we haven't talked about it at all. Um, I think I think Jeff Gordon needs to be discussed here. Uh, he, he is dry. He, he is dry. What? He is boring. And Fox Ugh. Fox is bringing Clint Boyer to the booth uh, for a reason, and that's to beat up Jeff put, Gordon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's to, it's to put a, ju- a jump start in Jeff Jeff's pants because he is he is dry and and just boring right now i can't all I right hang on i got i got okay i gotta get Ori, i don't on. know what you're talking about i'm jeff gordon man my <laughs> wife is uh my wife is a beautiful lady and we got children and this is a great race what are you talking about uh justin what do you have to say about jeff gordon because i have thoughts but i want to give justin a chance to respond to ori there and uh, i don't think he's the worst but he if he continues down this road i think oh. he needs to like brush up a little bit and maybe take maybe take you know 20 percent from the kyle petty's book and say something decisive for once yeah I what say, if he said an F bomb like once a race like yeah. don't they give you like a freebie fcc to i'll the tell you <clears throat> I'll tell you yeah. what. No, they don't. It's but just like, just like he can cuss. afford it. He's Jeff like, Gordon. Viral. It only costs like I don't know, ten grand or something. If he, Jeff oh, Gordon can afford it, he, he should do ten of them. Like, cuss. I would watch Fox way more intently if they did that. All right, it's, I will. He, I will he needs say to have this. an opinion. Larry I will Mack. say this for uh, <laughs> with Jeff Gordon. I will say when he was paired when when Daryl was still in the booth. It was like a breath of fresh air to hear someone who had been in a car in the last 20 years and who actually knew what they were talking about. And so when Daryl was like, well, I got to tell you, I think what he's trying to do there is trying not to throw it in the fence. And then, you know, you would have Jeff Gordon say, well, actually, we did that a lot. And uh, on the pull down rigs, they really chest this part of the te- like he would actually provide some info that you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Thank you, Jeff Gordon, for telling us what's actually going on with the cars you've actually driven in the last decade. But as far as his excitement level and all that stuff, yeah, I agree. He probably does tend to be a little bit more trying to be everybody's buddy and not say anything inflammatory. And hopefully, Clint Boyer, if if he's anything like what we've seen from him in his limited amounts that he's been on television, I tend to think he's going to be a perfect blend there where... Jeff Gordon can throw some things out there and Clint Boyer can run it through the BS meter and say, well, what you're trying to say is that dude sucks, you know, and then they can have that moment. That'll be, that might actually be good, but man, you think he's one of the worst. I'm not even a Jeff Gordon fan, full disclosure. Like I didn't root for him. I've not nothing against him. I think he's a great driver, obviously. And I, but I've, I've thought he was fine on the broadcast. I haven't had a problem with him, but man, or you think he's one of the worst, huh? I'm throwing him under the bus. I, I, you know, I'm talking about trajectory here. You know, the path Jeff is on is not a good path. We are, we're, we're, uh, you know, where he's at 
if he keeps it up, unless Clint just totally over oversteps him and and brings that fresh air, yeah, I think Jeff's in, in trouble. All right, that's really interesting to me. I, I don't think this year is too kind to them with COVID and not being at the racetrack and doing it in the studio. It, whatever personality he had probably got sad. Yeah, that's fair. I think we'll give him another year I mean, and see how he recovers. He, he from was that. energetic on them e racing, i racing stuff. <laughs> He was he was uh, telling everybody what was what was going on. But I knew I knew when Boyer was in there racing with the headset on and being on the live broadcast, I just knew that something was brewing. And if Boyer had a bad year, didn't get signed, he was going to move to Fox. The writing was on the wall, as they say. Right. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Let's do one last little wild card here to wrap it up. A current driver in any sport, you can pick, you know, any motorsports that you want a current driver you would like to see when they are done, just like Clint Boyer, jump over and be in the booth. Any thoughts on that as to who you'd like to see? I'll tell you one. I don't even know if he counts anymore. A guy I think would be a really fun guy to put in the booth is, uh, oh, or he's pointing at his hat. Well, this is a podcast or you're gonna have to say it. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just giving the hint there. The easy answer here, JD, Derek, Justin, the easy answer is young Ryan Blaney. He has a podcast. He's brilliant on the podcast. Uh, he, he's young. He is excited about things, mainly star Wars. Um, and, I mean, his racing career is a long way from ending at this point in time. What is he like 26 years old yeah, or something? He'll be driving for a while. Uh, so we're talking, you know, two, two and a half decades away from him being done. But if uh, people are still watching on TV at that point in time, sign me up for young Ryan Blaney. There you go. Um, I was going to throw Brennan gone out there. I think he could be a, a guy who's, I think, actually done technically. He's not racing anymore, but I think he'd be an interesting guy to have on just because uh, he was a bit of a character. Anybody else? Uh, how about, yeah. uh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead, Justin. I was gonna say, how about uh, Kimi Räikkönen? Oh, oh yeah, Kimi Räikkönen. <laughs> <laughs> Kimi would be did pretty you, fun. Did you hear what he said recently? Someone was like, "Are you concerned about not going fast or about something like related to the team?" And he's like, "This is my hobby. When I'm not having fun, I'll quit." Like, he's like, "I don't need to. Yeah. I don't need to win. Like, I've already proven I can win." I'm. I, I, I think he would lack in the excitement a little bit, but he would be a good uh, like a inter- person to interview people. I just don't, I, I, he would never do it. But uh, I the whole one of the holy gra- I got a couple holy grails of sheet metal. <clears throat> All right. One of the holy grails is the perky jerky uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports car that he drove at Charlotte. If I can get a piece of that, <laughs> it'd be amazing. That'd be pretty um, cool. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm gonna go off the board and go to IMSA. I'm gonna say the Flying Scotsman Ryan Dial. Uh, this is a man that put literally a naked woman on his car on the B post <laughs> and kids are walking by <laughs> on the middle Ohio paddock. And there's literally a naked woman, like a cartoon figure that's on the side of his car next to his name. Like I instead see. of a country flag, he put a naked woman there. I see. Uh, he, he, he's done little, I mean, small things to like where he would go to hotels. And when they say, welcome chip Ganassi racing, he would say, you know, move the letters around with different letters and say, Chip Ganassi racing sucks. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's a funny character that a lot of, not, not a lot of people know about. And that's perfect. That's who you want anything. doing broadcasting. Yeah. Get guys yeah, that yeah. have the experience, but maybe aren't as well known. People don't have yeah. opinions of them and let them go out there and let their personality and, shine. 
I mean, to me, he would kind of be like a Paul Tracy. Like you don't look to Paul Tracy to be super polished or to be super um, maybe like up to speed on the latest and greatest technology, but he's just going to tell you his opinion. And I think it would be great to have lead uh, Ryan Diao in with Lee Diffie and maybe some Rolex 24 commentary, but he last time he raced was 2019. Maybe the, maybe the vid got him as far as sponsorship and stuff, but um Hopefully he's back in a car. I wouldn't. I don't want to see him out of the racing industry just yet. There you go. There's, there's one guy who's still racing. He's an old timer, but I love to hear him call some call some dirt races, and that's Kenny Schrader. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Kenny Schrader's an excellent call, and anything you can get Kenny Schrader on, I would definitely be about it. That's for sure. Yeah. He used that to do ARCA great. races back in the day, and they were gold. Yeah. Well, I still remember when he got uh, his car like flipped over eight times at Daytona or Talladega somewhere, and he got out and all he had was a big black eye on like a, like his eye was all puffed up and swollen and they were talking to him and he just looked like the hunchback in Notre Dame. He's like, well, I got in there and flipped over and yeah, I guess I'm okay. Cars all beat up. And I just, I just held the steering wheel and put my heads up. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> just, around. He, he's, he's a great personality. We've met him a few times at races and super nice guy. Yeah. I'd love to see him do it. You, you know, what's funny. I think going off the board too, if you had like a Haley Deegan who does not deserve to be around behind a, a microphone at all, if you had her on like a, a sprint, uh, like a, like a cup, I don't know why I said sprint cup, uh, a NASCAR cup series race, I bet you she would know half the drivers and you just like, go to Haley Deegan. Why wouldn't she? Maybe she, and would. she would. And she would be like, ha, 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 ha. oh man, Kevin Harvick, he's go forward. Wow. I don't know. Wow. She maybe like she would so be, like maybe she'd surprise you. Maybe she'd surprise you. She might you. surprise me, but she just sounds like so out there. So like California vibe. It would be kind of funny to put her in the booth with like Clint Boyer and just have them both like, the hell are you doing? What yeah. the hell are you doing? I'd be, I don't know. Be quite are, a are, you guys, are you guys pro more drivers only races? Yes. Yes. Um, the yeah. radio professional probably no. But. No, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's it's what the people want. I mean, I I, I like someone because here's the thing: the drivers only races are really good until like a big incident happens where they have to stop the race for half an hour, and that's when you're going to need a professional. That's like the reason those guys exist and the Rick Allens of the world exist is because Rick Allen can sit there and go, "Well, fans, we're still here as the stretchers." Are. Like imagine that Ryan Newman situation at Daytona this year. Seriously, if Ryan Newman's situation at Daytona this year had happened and it was like, hey, we're all having fun. We're dressed up at Darlington. Oh, shit. Like, you know, they, they'd they all be like, uh, back to you in the studio. They don't want to talk about that for half an hour. Like, that's yeah. that's where you need a guy. But, yes, I think for the most part, the rate, like, have that guy around. Just have a studio guy on. Have a Chris Myers or somebody on standby who can jump in when they need to. And, yeah, otherwise, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, I almost triggered the entire uh podcasting world by saying my top five pit reporter was Bubba Wallace because I really did like his pit reporting style on the driver's only podcast. Oh, hey, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Leaving Dick Bergeron off the list or Parker Clickerman. Yeah. But yeah. All right guys. Well that's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys jumping on and we'll do more of this stuff in the off season. So uh thank you guys for uh jumping in for Justin May, for Ori Roberts and for Derek Smith. I'm J.D. Smith, and uh, you've been listening to the Stagger Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Stagger Podcast. And until next time, stay safe and stay staggered.